0: Hello and welcome to the show. Today I want to talk to you about Edith Head. Who is Edith Head? If you have followed me for a long time, you know that I love her. And if you don't know me so well, you will get to know her today. So, Who is Edith Hatt? She is considered to be one of the greatest and most decorated costume designers in movie history. She has been nominated for 35 Academy Awards for costume design. She has been nominated for them for 17 years in a row from 1949 to 1966. She has won a record eight Academy Awards for Best Costume Design, and she has been the role model for the figure of Edna in The Incredibles. Well, that sounds like she was really great, doesn't it? But how did Edith Head achieve the status of a star costume designer? To tell her story, we have to start at the beginning. When she was born. <laughs> she was born in the 19th century, in 1897, to be exact, which is now almost exactly 125 years ago. This sounds so far away, and yet Edith had, and her work and her influence on fashion, on culture, and on movies exudes like the wipe of newness, of freshness until today, which I find fascinating. She was actually of Jewish origin, with her mother and father having German heritage. Yet she was raised in Catholic faith because her mom remarried and she was passed off as the child of the new man. Edith had attended the University of California, Berkeley to be exact, and she got degrees both in French and in Roman languages. And she became a language teacher afterwards, first in French and then in Spanish. And, drumroll please, this is when she applied to teach art courses at the same faculty. And although she neither had a degree nor specific talent nor advanced knowledge of art or drawing, she got the job and she took evening classes and learned and improved her skills. So her desire to teach art and to become involved in the art world drove her to develop the skills to actually be accepted there, which I find fascinating because she set her sails to, okay, I want to be there now. I want to do that now and I will do what it takes to get there. So a short while later, in 1924, she applied as a costume sketch artist at Paramount Pictures. Admittedly, without training in art design or any costume design experience at all, and she even admitted later on that she had borrowed the sketches of other students for her application portfolio. But nevertheless, she did get the job. Howard Crear, who was then the lead costume designer, did not fire her when he realized that she could not draw. Why he didn't do that, nobody knows. Maybe he kind of sensed that she was special, that she was gifted at this kind of job. And he taught her to draw. And one year later, she already had risen the ranks and was designing costumes for her first silent movie, The Wanderer. And five years later, in 1930, she had established herself in Hollywood as one of the most influential costume designers. But the way to her being a famous and known costume designer was initially plucked and overshadowed by the leading male costume designers of Paramount First, Howard Creer who resigned in 1927, and then Travis Benton, who was forced to leave in 1938. And that episode apparently happened because of Edith Hatt. Travis Benton apparently was an alcoholic and his abuse of alcohol was getting worse throughout his work years. And apparently it was Edith Hatt who conspired against him and instigated his termination of contract. Because now the way was free for her to shine and she was considerably more noticed in public. Three events that followed made her known to the wider audience. First, the trademark sarong dress Edith had designed for Dorothy Lamour was well known in the public, as was Edith herself after that has been established. Second, Edith had designed a mink-lined gown for ginger Rogers during the um, austerity years of World War II in 1944. And finally, number three, the establishment of the Academy Award for costume design, which she won the first year and got nominated 17 years in a row for 35 Academy Awards, of which she won eight. Her name was known among celebrities and the wider audience. All in all... She worked for Paramount for 44 years, which today seems like for ever until her contract was not renewed again and she was already 70 years old at that time like this is an age where most people are happy to retire and just you know take that as a hint from the universe to just you know kick up the legs and like be happy but not Edith had. she switched to Universal Pictures for the remaining 14 years of her life when she died at 84 years old so she was working all her life So when it comes to Edith Hatt, how was her working style? What was she doing as a costume designer that was so different from all the other costume designers that made her that celebrity costume designer that all the big stars were demanding? So Edith Hatt had a very different view on her job as a costume designer than many other mostly male costume designers during that time. First, she did not want to express her own creativity and style, but she was adamant at designing for the character that she needed to dress, how that character would show up during the film as that personality, how that character would develop throughout the movie. So she really wanted the clothing, the costumes to underline the character and not be recognizable as Edith Head. And The second very distinct feature of her working style was that she worked extensively with the actresses of the movies that she was designing for. She asked them about their personality, about their likes, about their body shapes, about what they liked or disliked about their body, what they wanted to hide, what they wanted to highlight, and what their take on the character would be. So the clothing would help them bring that over to the viewers. And that kind of working style made her favorite of some of the most famous leading ladies of old Hollywood, stars like Ginger Rogers, Betty Davis, Audrey Hepburn, and Barbara Stanwyck, explicitly requested her for their costumes. Thus, Edith Hat was frequently loaned to other studios because of these personal requests of the headlining actresses. Edith Hat has basically designed for all major female stars of old Hollywood, to name a few. Dorothy L'Amour, Veronica Lake, Ginger Rogers, Ingrid Bergman, Loretta Young, Betty Davis, Olivia de Havilland, Hedy Lamarr, Joan Crawford, Julie Andrews, Lauren Bacall, Tippi Hedren, Doris Day and Sophia Lorraine. And something that I didn't know was that she also dressed Elvis Presley in Blue Hawaii, which is really intriguing as she was at that time around 64 years old and he was like the hottest man on earth. I didn't know that and I thought it was kind of peculiar and it made me want to watch the movie. (laughs) Some of the movies that I most admire for the costumes are also some of Edith Head's work. And these would be, for example, Gloria Swanson in Sunset Boulevard. This movie is simply an absolute work of art and if you haven't seen it yet, please do so. Gloria Swanson does one of the finest performances. The script is flawless and the dresses are to die for. You really have to watch that. It's a classic. You you have to. Second is Mae West in She Done Him Wrong and Sextet. So... She Done Him Wrong was the second movie of Mae West in Hollywood and her first leading role. So Edith had dressed her for her biggest and first movie role. And West got Carrie Grant into the movie, which we all should thank her for. It was a smashing box office hit. And Edith had surely contributed to success with her trademark Mae West costume designs, which are like really distinguishable. May West and her style... You just, you don't have to have her face, you just know it's her. And the funny thing is that Head also designed the costumes for Sextet, which was Mae West's last movie. So I find it really nice to have like this bridge between the beginning of Mae West's career and her, you know, the end of her career. And Edith Head was there for all that time. I found that like mind-blowing. <laughs> Another one of my favourites is Grace Kelly in Rear Window and in To Catch a Thief. Both movies are splendid and entertaining and wonderfully elegant. And To Catch a Thief is one of my favourite movies of all times. Here you can really see how Edith Head works. Because you can see that she focused on the character. And she tried to underline how the character of Grace Kelly is developing throughout the movie. And she did so with the colour schemes that she used like grace kelly starts out in a cold icy blue evening gown and she's very detached and she's cold as personality and throughout the the course of the movie the colors get warmer she dresses in warmer colors and and the character does warm up a little bit gets a bit more emotional is getting like from this statue-like beauty to a real woman with feelings. And at the end, Grace Kelly is wearing a large gold robe, like the warmest color possible. So I find that like one of the masterpieces of Edith Head. Shirley MacLaine is also an actress that Edith had collaborated with on three occasions. It was in Artists and Models, The Matchmaker and in What a Way to Go. Also one of my favorite movies. And it is one of my favorite movies, not because of the storyline, but because of the dresses. I don't actually need the (laughs) storyline. And... Vogue named the movie actually one of the campiest movies because there are so many different outfit changes and outfit styles which follow Shirley MacLaine's personality and character throughout the movie because she's getting married multiple times and with each marriage she has a different look, she's a different character basically or she tries to embody a different character and each character is getting like this wardrobe which emphasizes who she's supposed to be and it's just so much fun to watch because you get an array of possible costumes. And it's just fun to see what Edith Head is coming up in the next sequence. So if you watch it for the first time, it really is fun and exciting. And it's just, you know, you can just applaud Edith Head for it. So also a movie that you definitely have to watch. Apart from movies, Edith Head also did TV during her Universal years when Hollywood was no longer what it used to be. And... She was, for example, the one who was designing the clothes for Endora in the TV series Bewitched. And, you know, Endora is legendary. And Edith had even had a cameo on Columbo. So you already know what kind of age I'm at <laughs> because, yeah, I, I grew up with Bewitched. So this is kind of my, my childhood um, memories. When it comes to Audrey Happen and her costumes in Roman holiday, Sabrina, Funny Face and Breakfast at Tiffany's, Edith Head is actually listed as the costume designer. But there's a big but. <laughs> Say the key styles from all these movies, were actually designed by Hubert de Givenchy, which is Audrey Happen's favorite designer, of whom Audrey herself said, Givenchy's clothes are the only ones I feel myself in. So she tried for her movies to get Givenchy to provide key pieces, to underline the character that Audrey Happen would feel good in. And that would just be like, You know, she would just feel free to be the personal character that she should be. So for these movies, Givenchy provided the key pieces that were like the most famous scenes of Audrey Hepburn in those movies. And Paramount produced them, being overlooked by Edith Head. But Edith had didn't design them. She didn't construct them. She was not actually involved in them, other than she was the head of the costume department that actually did the clothing, like they produced it, they sewed it. Nevertheless, Edith had won the Academy Award for Breakfast at Tiffany's. And not once did she mention Hubert de Chimanchi, like at all. And it was only after Edith's death that Chimanchi confessed that he had been the brains and the talent behind those designs designs and that he actually should have been credited. So, I find this a very important fact to know about Edith Head. What is Edith Head's influence on mainstream fashion? I think she's still relevant today in in many ways and there are like three influences or three things that influence fashion still today. So, the first one is that Edith had dressed the greatest stars of the movies. Like everybody looked up to those sirens at the screen, and of course she influenced the fashions of the time because people already, like 100 years ago, tried to model the people on screen. For example, the sarong dress of Dorothy Lamour in the Hurricane. Sarongs had not been part of Western culture before, and they were freely adopted afterwards. So she really was the first one who designed clothes for real women. It was not like those clamorous dresses, those evening gowns that actually nobody ever could use in public. But she created a wardrobe for the stars that people on the street felt I could wear it, and I could become a character by some, by wearing something. The other one where she influenced fashion until today was she wrote two successful books. First was The Dress Doctor in 1959 and the other one was How to Dress for Success in 1967. And they were targeted towards the wider audience and normal women who had trouble dressing the right way. So not for like movie stars who were almost perfect and and pretty and beautiful, but normal women who wanted to look slimmer or taller or shorter or I don't know, different. So the books are still relevant today, to be quite honest, and they hold advice which is valid still today. So I have those books and I find them highly entertaining. There are sketches in from Edith herself because when she finally learned to draw, she drew beautifully and I like her light-handed sketches a lot and the advice is still something that you would read in magazines today so it's like those wisdom of a stylist who was brought to a book and this is just advice that is being regurgitated in the magazines until today and this was the first time like someone from Hollywood spilled the secrets for normal women. And this is also something like the third kind of influence that she had, because Edith had particularly trusted Natalie Wood in the movie Sex and a Single Girl. And that movie is based on the book by Helen Gurley Brown, who was the future editor in chief of Cosmopolitan for 32 years. And this book advises women how to become financially independent and have affairs and sexual relationships before or without marriage at all. And this was in 1962. The movie came out in 1964. And this actually marked the beginning of a liberation movement, continued through Cosmopolitan magazine, which was then remodeled into a magazine for the woman that reads exactly this kind of book. And Girlie Brown was part of the sexual revolution with her book and with her editorship for Cosmopolitan. And Edith Head was also part of it because she trusted the character. She defined how this liberated woman would look like. And this is still something which vibrates in today's society. So I think she really had a big impact on on fashion and on our culture and on movie history definitely so she she made the stars because she didn't try to dress them in something that was different from them but she really tried to come up with something that was them that was their take on the character I think she had like a really particular working style what I do not like is the lying like she got a job using the sketches of another person? Yes, it was great for her. She got the job and it's, you know, set her up a path of, of career and success. But you know, I think of all these students whose sketches were stolen or used for that because they were actually gifted. So I don't like lying. I always think the truth will come out. I believe in karma. I believe in being a good person. So I don't exactly condone this behavior of Edith Head. I don't like it. And also that she does not credit Hubert de chon that she takes up all the credentials for herself. So again, I, I don't like it. And I do believe in collaboration. I think it's very fresh and something very good can come out from collaborating with other creatives. And again, I always think that it's good to be honest. And cherish others for what they can contribute so I I, you know when I found out about that I was a bit sad because it tarnished the picture that I had of Edith Head but it's always good to know the truth. Nevertheless I think Edith, Edith Head's story is important and I want to share that with you so apart from having designed some of the most beautiful clothes in Hollywood history I think Edith Head's story is one of an incredible and inspiring woman, apart from the lying incidents. So she, to me, has been one of the first professional women that used personal branding for success because Edna from The Incredibles can be identified so easily as being inspired by Edith Head because Edith Head did what afterwards Mark Zuckerberg would do or Steve Jobs would do. She had a professional uniform. And for hat, that was a classic two-piece suit, large rimmed and darkened glasses, short fringe and hair in a bun. And, you know, you, you didn't have to have a face. You could do without the face. If you just see the clothes, you know who she is. And that is personal branding. This is like having this kind of style branding. And I think this is just so fitting because she was a costume designer. She knew how important it is to create a persona. And About those glasses, I always wondered why she has dark glasses, so I know now. Originally, she wore blue tinted glasses because it allowed her to view fabrics as they would look in a black and white movie. Because this is when she started out in black and white movies. Later on, the smoky lenses also made her inscrutable as well as disguising her slightly crossed right eye. So now we know what's up with the glasses. And Although, as I said before, she might have cheated her way into the dressing department of Paramount, she also proved with hard work and with the success that she had that she was the right choice. She worked diligently and she succeeded. So it's not like she was an ungifted person and she just, you know, cheated all the way. She cheated to get in and she prevailed. She showed that she was capable of doing the job really well I have to back her up a little bit because you know you, you have to think it's about 100 years ago and there were not that many lines of work open for women with ambition and women who wanted to succeed it was a very different time and the barriers for entry the barriers to success were way higher and so I, I cannot really judge so maybe you know she didn't see any other way to find, to go into a field that she liked and to get success. So maybe we have to give her a little leeway on it because it was hard back then. And it's also important that she brought her own working style to her profession. She understood what she was supposed to do and went all in. And as I said before, she didn't want to live out her creative fantasies, but she wanted to trust the characters. She wanted to make them come to life and she wanted to emphasize the storyline. So she was the one who was closely collaborating not only with the actors and actresses, but also with the director of what his vision would be or her vision would be. So she was really involved in being of service and and not taking herself too important. And I think this is is a really good attitude for a costume designer. It's also something that has been adapted by the costume designers after her because they didn't want to stage their own creativity, but they really saw their work as being part of the movie and bringing it to life. What I also like is that Edith had never stopped. She worked until she was... Well, she worked until up until her death. So she could have retired at 70 when her contract at Paramount was not renewed again. But she never intended to stop. She loved her job. And she went on designing at Universal. And her last movie opened two days after her death. And she is an inspiration, I think, in the sense of if you really like what you're doing, you will not stop. And that is your life's work. And that is really an inspiration to take to your job, to take to whatever you take up for earning money. So don't don't work towards the deadline of retirement. Try to see it as what do I want to do throughout my lifetime and I think she did exactly that she was good at it she knew how to do it she enjoyed it and she never intended to stop which I just love and lastly to me at least her work emphasizes that what you wear really does matter It is the style of your life story. Like your clothing do clothe your life. They do embellish your life. They do portray to the world what you look like, what you are like. And in retrospect, when you look at your life from far away, this is the style of your film of life, of your blockbuster movie. And it is important how you see yourself, how others see yourself, how you see the movie of your life pan out. And... You never should forget that. You are the costume designer of your life, I think. This is why I love Edith Head so much, because she was the one who brought costume design and movie costumes and the role of costumes into every woman's life with her books and with her work. So with that, I um, say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye.